Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of the Decibel Geek Podcast. I am Aaron Camaro, joined as always in the DB Studios with Chris Zinzak. Now this week, at this time, I guess, we're going to go ahead and uh, turn things over to Mr. Chris Zinzak, and he's going to go ahead and do his his little thing he likes to do. It's Rage Against the Scene, where he basically, you know, tears the Nashville scene a new one. Now, I don't want these guys to hate me, so I'm just going to turn things over to you. Yeah, this is a, a brand new edition of Rage Against the Scene. This is the Nashville Extra episode, the new one. So we're going to kick things off with Rage Against the Scene. And the Nashville scene is not only my uh, target, my only target of interest today, I'm also going after the 1029 The Buzz, which is actually funny, Aaron, because no lie, in the past 24 hours, 1029 The Buzz started following us on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Nice. And now I'm going to tear him a new asshole. That's great. That's what they deserve for yeah. playing Bush over and over and over again. You're going to hear all about Sick that. This is going to be the shortest Twitter following in history. Well, I didn't want them to hate me either, but at this point, I really don't give a shit. So yeah, let's kick things off with uh, Rage Against the Scene, and then we'll come back. This is the sound of a midlife crisis. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, this is Rage Against the Scene uh, post-Turkey Hangover th- edition. I uh, hope everyone had a good holiday. I've probably already said that in the intro, so uh, yay for redundance. Um, I'm going to start off with an article that the Rage did. and I, Oh, by the way, I didn't have a chance to pick up the uh, paper version of this. Uh, I was a little busy with other stuff, so I just checked out the articles online. So this is probably a couple of weeks old. So big deal. It's not like any of my listeners actually go out and pick this magazine up. Um, first article I want to talk about is a album review that Sean Maloney did for a group called Sub Shanty uh, with a record called Space Zen. And you'll understand he definitely wanted to follow the theme with this review. So um, if you don't know, which you probably don't because I didn't until I read this, Space, uh, not Space Zen, but Sub Shanty is a group of a couple of guys from Belmont here in Nashville that 
do like this electronic uh, dubstep trend, I guess, that's so popular now. Um, but they also have like a cool thing with a cello and everything, and it, it's actually not bad. I, you know, it's I'm not a big fan of the rave music, or, or you know, it's not like an oh, I'm not a fan of the rave music, but um, it's okay. I mean, it, that has that its crowd, um, but uh, I guess. I can't relate, and I guess Sean's a little bit more in the know. Because let me read you a little uh, clip of his article here. This is Sean talking, certainly not me. Tempos shift and unfurl across space zen like a light-speed traveler veering between gravity wells, accelerating and decelerating amid galactic bodies on a voyage to the outer edge of the knowable, the comprehensible. Somebody's been eating mushrooms. Um, this is, uh, I, I'll admit it, it's a great... It's a great uh, wordplay for the uh, review. Writing-wise, it's not. It's pretty good. It's hard to take seriously because I mean, unless I'm on certain substances. But you know, maybe that. Maybe that's the whole. That's probably the whole trip, man. Um, but I, I'm old, out of touch, so I can't really relate to this group. I guess Sean obviously can, or he he could when he was in that mental state. But uh, it's you know some major league nut swinging in the article. I'm sure Sean's probably good friends with these guys. No harm and no foul, but then again, you know, this is a supposed, supposedly a rep, reputable, reputable, is that the right word? Reputable? Reputable. God, go back to college. That's a reputa- reputable um, publication, um, you know, put out by Village Voice, who, you know, at least used to be respected. But uh, so it's just, I don't know, the, the, let's, let's talk up our friends angle is, is growing old but you know as i'm going to mention in the next article i don't think this is a, a friend of a of a writer's band so and i'm pretty interested in it so here's the next one um lee stabber did an article on a southern rock group from memphis called lucero i believe it's lucero lucero but uh they've been around for quite a while and uh bit it, building a following pretty steadily and uh lee seemed to like them and um they're pretty straight ahead rock there's no hipster stuff going on here so i was pretty uh impressed to see them get some props although there is like some complicit type language going on in there where he would or lee i'm not sure if lee is a guy or a girl that tells you how much research i do um lee he or she um will mention stuff like they'll say not the most inventive or the most virtuosic and then they follow it with a compliment so it's like, let's go ahead and put them down to keep our street cred, but then we can give them a compliment. Um, so it's funny because it, it, I'd be like, nice, you know, hipster jeans, but the music sucks. But um, so this is the same publication that in the past they've hailed the greatness of groups like Turbo Fruits and Harmar Superstar. So, you know, baby steps are, uh, are in order, I guess. So I should be happy with what they have done. And if you haven't checked out Turbo Fruits and Harmar Mar, two different words, superstar, which you, if you listen to this show, I guarantee you probably haven't. If not, you've got one hell of a diverse taste in music. Um, go on YouTube and look those up, especially Harmar Superstar. <laughs> you'll be in for quite a treat, and uh, you'll have to pick your jaw back up off the floor. But, uh, I, you know, a good article about a southern rock band in, Nash- in Memphis uh, in the Nashville scene, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I'm, I'm, I might need more Alka-Seltzer if I'm going to deal with them pepping out these unironic, unhipster, un-look-at-me-in-my-non-matching-clothes-and-stupid-glasses groups. So uh, congrats to Lee Stabbert. Thank you for going, putting your, uh, your neck out there and doing that, he or she. Uh, last article for the scene is uh, 
for this time is uh, Driving and Crying, which is a, a very underrated group from 20 years ago, and uh, they've been around for a long time. And uh, I, very underrated band. I, I've dug their stuff. I had a couple of their CDs years ago. Uh, you don't hear a lot about them because they never really fit into a, into a real trend, which you know, good for them. You know, they did their own thing, and uh, so it's an article about them, which you would think with that kind of uh, preamble, or is that the right word? I don't know. Go back to college. Um, that Sean Maloney would rip them to shreds, but I, Sean is coming around because uh, I'm starting to wonder if Ashton Kutcher lost his mind in his divorce and decided to buy the scene because I'm starting to think I'm being punked because they're, this is a positive review of another straight-ahead rock band, and uh, I'm shocked. Uh, Sean, he's crafted a pretty fantastic article about this group, and I pretty much wholeheartedly agree with every point he makes in it. And um, Driving and Crying has great songs, and they fit in at any time. They're, they're not flavor of the week. They're timeless type stuff, and they never chased any trends. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a really good band. If you haven't checked them out, check them out because they deserve more uh, fame than what they get. So uh, I'm starting to get scared and starting to question my sanity and taste after agreeing with this much from the Nashville scene. So, uh, but the, it's not much rage this week, but that'll do it uh, for, for the Nashville scene part of this segment. I need something else to bitch about. And on that note... We're going to talk about The Buzz. The Buzz, I have uh, been friends with a number of people that have DJed or worked on The Buzz for a long time, years, uh, since I used to run Nashville Rock, and uh, I still have a couple of friends there that are DJs, and uh, I have no issue with them. Let me go ahead and go in there and in on this with, and say that. I don't have a problem with you know any of my friends that are DJs or anyone, any of the DJs, really, because they, they don't decide anything. So let's go and uh, let's take aim at the bus. First of all, Bush, not George W., the old band from the 90s, Bush, has played way too damn much on this station. I mean, somebody at the station must be a fan, and they must be creaming their pants over the fact that Bush has new material out. But it doesn't matter since they've been playing them on an endless fucking loop since the 90s. I mean, it... If I have to fall asleep to Gavin Rosdell mumbling about glycerine while playing the most unoriginal, uninspiring guitar riff of all time, I'm going to scream. I, it's unbelievable. I used to test myself in college to see how inebriated I could get and still play the riff to the song, and no matter how blackout drunk I got, I could always pull it off while some shit-faced frat guy would stand next to me and be like, man, that's awesome! So fuck Bush and fuck Buzz, the Buzz for playing them all the damn time. Next... The 90s in general on this station. It's not just Bush. The 90s was kind of my heyday. That's when I was getting out of high school, getting into college. And I, you know, I have good memories of it, but I, let's not live in it. These idiots picked the worst songs of that era to play, too. Um, today, which is the day I'm recording, they played that song, that song Flagpole Sit Up by Harvey Danger. Harvey Danger? Really? I mean, this song blew ass when it was brand new and it, it was barely a blip on the radar. But the buzz decides to bust it out for old time's sake. I mean, that would that would be like me choosing to think about the time I decided to stuff my face with Papa John's pizza after a long night of tequila shots. The result would be the same, and it would wind up in my toilet. Thanks for the memory. Now, we're going to talk about, to finish things off, um, this is a short Rage Against the Scene, the buzz around town. All right, all my local musician friends, I know that you agree with me on this. 
because aside from the airplay crumbs that they'll feed the local rock bands with the local buzz, which is a great show and Tony does a good job with it, but it only gets on Sunday nights. Um, one of the better forms of exposure for the local bands used to be to get your, your group mentioned on the Buzz Around Town segment and because it, it would run all times of the day and it would be on like drive time. You know, people would be going to and from work and they would hear your band's name at, at playing at uh, XNN or 328 some old. And I used to really respect the Buzz for doing this because that's putting themselves out there to at least help the local scene. Not that they have to completely cater to it, but shit. I mean, between playing Nirvana and Bush 3,000 times a day, you could at least mention a couple of the local bands that are actually trying to make it, not bands that have dead members. So, but now that's changed. And it seems that it's now just about the money and about advertising because you never hear about the local bands on this anymore unless they're opening for like a Buzz Book show. Gasp, Bush, and Candlebox. No, they're not stuck in the 90s at all. Um, when Al John Go left this station, I had a bad feeling about what was going to happen next, and I think I was right. Um, Tony Stone took over the local buzz, and I like him, and I've, I've met Tony a couple of times, and he's a great guy, and I think he does the best he can with his hands being tied behind his back by uh, certain program directors. And he does a great job on the local buzz. But it feels like the station does nothing but chase dollars now. And it has no real motivation to lift a finger for the for the local scene anymore. And it's sad, but I guess it's it, it, it's expected. Because, I mean, por- corporate radio in general is clueless behind the times. And it's dying a, dying a pretty steady death now. And uh, even though they, I guess they don't realize it. They, they wonder why folks are turning you know their stations off and plugging their iPods up. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Um... But yeah, the buzz around town, they've completely ruined that, and uh, the local bands don't get any play from that either. And then I, I honestly think that does affect show attendance. Because we can only, I say we as in, like I used to be, I, as in I'm still in a band, but I'm not. Um, but we as in the local scene are just going to have to rely on the Facebook invites and uh, hope that works. Or, you know, maybe I might promote some of these shows through my show, but then again, I'm so lazy and I can't get the thing things up in time that your show probably happened a month ago by the time I get it up. So um, I'm going to wrap it up for now. Hi, I'm the lead singer of every Scandinavian death metal band, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Well, you didn't really hold anything back on that one, did you? That was the uh, latest edition of the always entertaining and fun Rage Against the Scene, you know, with a little shot sticking it to the uh, local rock station around here, if you can loosely call them that. Yeah, they do play some rock songs. You're right about the Bush, man. I mean, Uh if you're going to have Bush, I mean, I'd rather hear Rush, you know. It's just one letter difference. Take out the Bush, put in some Rush. It's one letter difference, but a massive amount of talent difference. Absolutely. And it's funny because it cracks me up because every couple of months they'll do a 90s weekend. But it's 90s weekend every day. Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know. And when I first moved to Nashville, these guys played nothing but like the Green Day type, you know, pop punk kind of stuff. You know, I don't really like to call it punk because it's not. You know, it's not the Sex Pistols, it's not the Ramones. It's just a modern, watered down version of it. And then they stopped that. And then there was a period of time there for a little while where they were playing some really good stuff. And then all of a sudden it stopped and became 90s weekend every damn night. Yeah. So, you know, I understand why you're so full of hatred, piss, vinegar, and Oreos. Yeah. 
You got to have something to keep you balanced. You have to balance. You have to have a little bit of happiness. But yeah, so that's Rage Against the Scene for this week. Next thing, um, I re- recently, well, it's not really recently because I know that they're sick of waiting to uh, hear this review. Um, Three Minutes to Live, good local band that I've known for many, many years, uh, gave me their CD and wanted me to review it on the show. You better eat some more Oreos. Don't give these guys such a hard time. I didn't, It's not too bad. But yeah, so uh, I got a review ready for that and I uh, want to go ahead and let people hear this. So guys, your wait is long over. Uh, I don't think I tore you too bad of a new one. Um, I used a little bit of lube. So uh, yeah, <laughs> here's the review of Three Minutes to Live. This is the review of Three Minutes to Live's record. I don't know why I said it like that. It sounds like an idiot. Um, Three Minutes to Live, local band, uh, Nashville band, been around in a few different incarnations for many years. Uh, Let me start off saying this incarnation is by far the best version of the band. Uh, This band is kind of my six degrees of Nashville rock separation uh, because Kyle critter who uh used to help nashville rock who basically helped run nashville rock uh also ran their website for a long time and also i get guitar tech for their bassist old band which is a group called four man march i tech for a show and a practice i think <laughs> so it's not much of a tech job and then i hung out with the singer's former band when he was the drummer brian terry was the drummer for a band called m2o uh so so maybe five people will know who the hell i'm talking about um I knew Mike Gill, going back to the Adrenaline Theory days, and uh, have a memory of freezing my ass off while they played a show at this, it was like a, just a giant shell of a, like a warehouse building out in Cadiz or Cadiz, Kentucky, and it was a, a thing called the Backwoods Metal Fest, who a friend of mine named Jacob, who used to write for my old site, would put this on i think it was every month or two and had a lot of bands that would come out from all over and play it and i gotta admit it was it was fun but by the end of the night when adrenaline theory was playing by the time i got outside it was freaking cold uh but mike was great mike is a goofball and uh i've known him for a long time and uh i'm happy that he's a part of three minutes to live now and uh adam the drummer uh i've always loved his playing going back to the days that he played in dead sun which if you don't know, Dead Sun was a great band. Go check out their old stuff. I wish they would get back together. Not that I would want Three Minutes to Live to break up, but it would be great to see both bands playing. Um, so I'll do a little quick track-by-track uh, track review of this and um, give my thoughts. Uh, track one is called Can You Feel This? It's a pretty good lead-off track with some pretty good guitar parts. The layering in, in the guitar parts and the vocal production uh gives you an idea that the whole record's going to be pretty well produced, and it is. It's it's a pretty well produced album. Uh, especially for an unsigned band. Um, second track, The Difference. Uh, my listeners will be pretty familiar with this song because I've played parts of it on uh, the show in the past as a little break liner, you know, little breaks for my liners and stupid stuff I do. Um, Brian's vocals are pretty good on this track. He, uh, I think he should sing more and scream less. He's a, he's really good at the screaming stuff, but I, I, I'm getting old. I dig melodies. So um, in a few months, I'm going to probably suggest that they cover a Carpenter song, uh, and we'll get to covers later. Uh, track three is First Stone. It, I think this is a filler track, but it's a good one. Uh, I'm not using the word filler really in a negative context. It's it's All great albums have songs that you wouldn't point out as like lead single candidates but uh, help provide some of the musical glue that holds the whole record together. 
this is uh, not a standout track, but the, like the ex-musician in me likes the back and forth with the flam parts and the vocals uh, mixed with the heavier chorus sections. Kind of reminds me a bit of the first Seven Dust album. You know, the one that doesn't sound like everything they put out after it? Yeah, that one. Um, good track, not a standout one. Um, track four is called This Place. Similar to First Stone, not as good. I think the chorus vocals are not quite up to snuff, but the music's pretty solid. Uh, Adam's drumming is really good on this song. The musical part uh, that starts just before the two-minute mark is particularly good, but the rest of the song surrounding it is just not very good, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, number five is uh, Day Among the Dam. This is a really musical song. Uh, I love everything about it except the bridge. comes off disjointed. Uh, to my ears, and a bit clunky when it goes into the chorus. The uh, the vocals on the chorus are great, and the scream at the end is one of the best things I've heard vocally ever from a local band. Seriously, I'm not just kissing ass. They did give me a free CD, so i got to kiss a little bit of ass. Um, Gangland Remix is track six. I don't ever remember hearing the original version of Gangland, but I do dig the music for this one. Hang on, I'm going to drink some coffee. That's why it's not radio. Um... I've changed it a bit over the years uh, as far as rap and rock or metal goes. Um, I was pretty head over heels for it years ago and you know when it was brand new and I was playing it in bands and stuff. And I, I'm not a big rap fan, but for some reason the rhythmic thing with the words going over the, you know, the, the, the hip-hop drumming or whatever, I sound like such an old guy. Um, I used to, I just dug the way it sounded together. Um... It does tend to come off a bit dated these days, but I can still see why bands want to do it. It's fun to play. Um, like, rap vocal rhythms sound good over metal music with a real good beat. So, you know, with that said, I try to forget that rap rock is kind of played out, and I can enjoy it for what it is. But oh, I, overall, I prefer much more straight-ahead stuff now. Um, I told you I'm, I'm headed for the Carpenters fan club at this rate. Um, next track is Pay the Bill. Strange going from the, the aggression of Gangland remix into the uh, acoustic intro of this, but I like it a lot. It, it's real melodic. It's I could do without the phone call vocal effect on the, on the verses. That's getting a little played out, too. I, mean, I think they may have gone a little bit too far into the bag of studio tricks to sweeten up the sound when the song was good to begin with. That's not putting them down. That's just saying you had a good song already. You didn't have to sweeten it up with the, uh, the phone call vocal thing. Scott Weiland used to run that shit into the ground back in the 90s um track 8 is called Heart Like a Bomb uh really 7 dust sounding not really a standout studio track but it's uh, pretty aggressive and I, I think it would it, it, it comes off like a pretty good live song I believe that they played this one when I saw them live recently track 9 uh this is the best song on the record I think this is called Forgetting Me uh it's got the best riffs the best vocals the, and I think overall the best songwriting on the record record this song could easily do well on uh, modern rock radio I'd certainly rather hear this than Bush for the 50th time today there's the uh, the right mix of melody and aggression on this one I I dig forgetting me a lot a good good tune Um, track 10 I was mentioning covers earlier this is a a cover of uh, stuck in the middle with you which if you're like me this song always will remind you of watching Michael Madsen light a cop on fire in Reservoir Dogs but I digress. Uh, this is a cover of the 72 song by Steelers Wheel. Um, if you're a diehard Steelers Wheel fan, yes, I'm talking to all three of you, then you you won't like the cover. 
For the rest of us, though, it's a pretty fun metal take on the track. It, it went over well with the audience I was in recently when with most of the crowd clapping along in the middle section. Excuse me. I love the original material um, more than covers, but it, it's fun to hear a pretty good metal version of this song. So, I, you know, it, it's good for variety. Wouldn't want to hear a whole record of covers by a local band, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, track 11 which is the last official track on the record, it starts off with someone saying, call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone, which is it's kind of funny. I, it may have come from a movie or a TV show. I don't know. I'm not sure what this has to do with Top Gun, but I got a good chuck line of that line. The song's okay. Uh, nothing special. I like the chorus, but there's a lot more of the Seven Dust-inspired music and vocals, which, you know, guys, Seven Dust is a great band, and I, I like them too, but you don't have to be Seven Dust. I mean, I... I, I hear a bit too much of their influence in, in your material overall, um, but I, I do like your stuff. That's this is just as I said in the before. This is just my opinion. They gave me a free CD, but I'm not going to completely you know go down on the guys unless they're, they're going to pay me enough for that. But uh, the end of the feature record features Brian screaming uh, like the opening lyrics to the song "I Feel Pretty," and no, I'm not going to repeat them because I'm I don't feel pretty. But uh, Brian's got a pretty good sense of humor. But after that, I felt kind of nauseous. Um, but yeah, the three minutes to live, pretty good record. Uh, I keep saying record like records exist, but pretty good CD slash digital download. Um, good stuff. Uh, one of the better local bands around, and uh, deserves more attention than what they get. So uh, if you get a chance to pick up this digital download, check it out and uh, download it and give them some money. And uh, if you hear them playing around town, then go check them out. They're good. To, they're a good band. That's it for this review. I don't want to hear that Nickelback song again. Really. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Alright, we're back, and uh, hopefully Three Minutes to Live aren't getting their guns loaded up and their baseball bats ready now so. sounded pretty good to me yeah it's, guys, a, it's a good record you guys get a chance to check out that band you know keep your eyes open you'll see them playing around nashville i would imagine yeah go check them out tell them the decibel geek podcast sent you yeah and uh hopefully they don't hate me too much after that but yeah good band and uh check out that record uh want to go ahead and end the show off today with just a, a few quick songs because uh, i don't usually play enough songs on this stuff and i want to support you uh, local bands yeah so we're gonna play tracks by piranha love it former who has a new record out? And what was the third one? I saw? oh, Fist of the North Fist Star, the North really Star. good, a really good local punk band. Uh, I love that name. Man. Yeah, Fist of the North Star is a great band. That name says metal. They're on uh, good friends of mine's record label, Stickman Records, and uh, yeah, definitely full of uh, full of fire and fury and good stuff. So you got a good mix of heavy and, and melodic here and fast. So uh, that'll do it for this Nashville Extra Edition. Aaron Camaro, any parting words? Um, no. Put you on the spot there, didn't I? Yeah, I got nothing to say, man. I'm just ready to hear Piranha and some of these other bands, Fist of the North Star and uh, Former. So go ahead and rock it out, Chris Zinzak. You stay classy, Nashville. Stay classy, Nashville. I am the door that slams in your face. The path that leads to disgrace. The soul that knows not a place. Yeah.
Hi, this is Billy Joe Armstrong. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast.
Hi, I'm Kristen, and you might know me from having booked local rock shows with my husband, Al John. Are you trying to save money on your next vacation? Well, as a Magical Journeys travel agent and authorized Disney vacation planner, you can contact me if you are looking to visit a Disney destination such as Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Disney Vacation Club Resorts, Universal Orlando, or a cruise vacation. I can help. With busy lives, I can not only help you save money, but time as well. I continue to look for better deals until the day you travel. Are you already booked with Disney for your vacation? Well, you can transfer those to me, and I can look for better deals as they become available. Received one of those golden tickets, a Disney pin code? Well, I can book those too. So why do all the hard work yourself when I can do it for you at no cost to you? Email me at Kristen at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. A proud supporter of the Disciple Geek Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 